Hey guys, Montel here, and welcome to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. My guest today is on a mission to change the conversation and the stigma around cannabis to one that's about well-being and the ways cannabis can enhance our lives. He graduated from Northwestern University with a BA in economics and statistics and earned his MBA from Chicago Booth School of Business. He has taken those skills and applied them to one of his favorite things in life, cannabis. He's a founder and CEO of Jointly, a cannabis platform that's using data to stimulate purposeful consumption of cannabis. David Cooley, thanks so much for being a part of the show today, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I love that 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 phrase, purposeful consumption of cannabis. Let's start there and then we'll back up a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Where'd you go? Um, um it's uh it took us a while to find the right words for it. We, we've we've messed around with intentional consumption. Um, but pur- purposeful feels right. It's because it's it's st- purposeful consumption starts with choosing a meaningful goal, and uh, and and that that's part of what uh, kind of goes immediately against the grain of the stigma. We know that cannabis isn't about getting high; it's about relaxing, relieving stress, sleeping better, relieving pain, uh, enhancing your creativity, uh, focusing, and and so it's about. Uh, it's about how cannabis isn't about getting high, that when you peel just one layer back, everybody's got a purposeful reason for it. That's that's usually a reason that's about making their life better. Absolutely. Well, let's go and get back to that there in a second. But let's start with your background. Where did you grow up and, you know, and where did you live? Uh, where do you live now? Uh, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, a uh, suburb called LaGrange Park, Illinois. Um, and I lived there, uh, uh, lived in Chicago until I was, until 2002 until I was 27. Then I moved to Los Angeles and lived there for 20 years. And then just last fall, uh, uh, moved to the Denver area. So that's where I am now near Denver, Colorado. Okay. And, and give me a little bit about your background. Um, yeah, I've got, I've professionally, I've been in all kinds of things, uh, since, since school, the one kind of thread that holds them all together is that I like using data to solve problems. I like using data to make, make, uh, the world a better place, really. And so I've done that with uh, trucks and uh, and diesel engines. I've done it with software that helps manufacturers manage their distribution systems. When I when I left what I call the corporate world in 2009 and 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 my last real job, um, I opened a bicycle retailer in in, in uh, Southern California. And so I I built a brick and mortar and e-commerce bicycle retailer and um, and then uh, um, been working on jointly since about 2018. Okay, and what got you into cannabis? Let's talk about your journey with cannabis. Yeah, I've, uh, I think I've always had anxiety, but I didn't realize it until probably 2012 or so. You know how young people have started to talk more about their mental health, be more open about their mental health. I think that has helped me as a 47-year-old guy examine my own mental health. And so I realized that my, I spent most of my life being wound pretty tight. Um and uh, and I didn't know that I didn't know that, and I didn't know cannabis was something that might help with that um, because I grew up with the stigma, and I had no idea that 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 cannabis might be something that could help a person with their uh, with uh, their stress and anxiety. So I I um, in 2012, living in California under California's medical program, um, kind of discovered a whole new world inside a pack of peach peach gummies, um, and uh, and I I 
I, I tried one and I never, I didn't realize how wound up I was until I felt what it was like to be unwound. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and was, uh, was just amazed at this, at this thing that I had misunderstood for so long. Um, and so the next time I tried it, I tried two gummies and I had a terrible experience because that was far too much THC for somebody, a new consumer with anxiety. And I didn't have a good experience. And so, um, so that, that, that began me on a journey of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. And in 2012, even today, the, the industry and the consumer, everybody lacks good data and information about cannabis and its effects and its uses and, and so on. And especially in 2012, when I started to look, look, well, how do I decide what product to choose and how do I know how to take it to get the effects that I want? Um, there was just kind of a dearth of information. And so, um, so that, that, uh, that got me tracking my own consumption uh, to, to, to find out what worked for me and what didn't and what, what provided the effects I want and what didn't. And, um, and it's expanded from there. And now, I mean, I've fallen in love with cannabis. My favorite thing to do is to go out hiking in a forest like the, like the one you're in and, mm. and, uh, and enjoy some cannabis outside in a place where my mood is elevated, not only by the, the nature and the place I'm in, by my physical activity, but also by, um, by plant-based cannabinoids. Absolutely. And, and what was the job that you were doing when you first discovered cannabis? You, that's when uh, that was when I was, uh, was uh, running the bicycle shop. Yeah. The bicycle shop. Cool. And now, um, you know, did you experience it with friends or you just did this by yourself? Um, it, it was friends that introduced me to it um, um, and kind of guided me initially on my uh, it, through the first steps. But uh, but it was at the at the time, mostly consuming at home to relax, to unwind, to uh, to to slow my mind down after a long day of working and thinking and, and communicating. Absolutely. You know, and a lot of people. You know, you said something earlier about, you know, uh, the, the purposeful consumption. You know, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, we, we've, we've kind of thrown cannabis into this, either medical or recreational, which is really just two titles that should never have been used to begin right. with. Right, exactly. And in a, in a second, from my perspective, everybody who gravitates to cannabis is gravitating to it for a medical reason of some sort. If you said to reduce your anxiety, that's a medical reason. If you said right. reducing sleep or increasing sleep, that's a medical reason. Uh, helping you relax when you come home from work. Um, any one of those things to me is relaxation is a medical reason. So right. the people yeah. who gravitate to cannabis gravitate to it for that, those the, trying to achieve something. So in some ways, maybe everybody is kind of using a purposeful reason why they've done it, even if they won't admit it themselves. Right. I think so. I, th I, th I do think that medical versus recreational dichotomy is very misleading for people because on the medical side of things, it's, and I understand why the industry went in that direction because it was a great path to legalization. Because if a doctor said it was okay and people were using it for medical reasons, that was more. That was the only way. That's the only way we would have right? It's the only way we would have gotten to where we are today. Right. We, we but, but then medical in the Western, you know, in 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 the country we live in, medical means like treatment of a problem, right? And recreational puts it makes it sound like alcohol, like people are doing it just to have fun or just to party. And I think there's this whole world in between those two that kind of includes a little bit of both of them on the same on the sides. But there's a whole world where it's not necessarily treating a problem or partying, but it's about making a good thing better or or making your life better in some in some small way. And that's what that's why every time you do they do a poll of cannabis consumers that it um, 
uh, and ask people wh- why they use cannabis, the, the same reasons always come out. It's it's relaxation, stress relief, improved sleep, managing your pain, those kind of things. And um, and so uh, so I, 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 I can see why we started with medical and recreational, but I, I'm excited to see us grow out of that over the years. Yeah. But I think, you know, one of the things you, you, you said also was the fact that, unfortunately, there is not enough information out there. I'm sorry. There's enough information out there. This industry is doing such a piss poor job of educating and getting that information off to the masses because, you know, it's the reason why we have states like, you know, I think it's Georgia just came online and, you know, Georgia's got this ridiculous, you know, they're going to try to cap, uh, consolidate, cap the, uh, plants to a 5% THC number that somebody arbitrarily just pulled out of the sky and said, I think 5% would be better. And that's probably a non-user, but they just decided I'm going to throw that number out there and now right. force an entire industry to try to grow something that can come in at that level, which is going to be, you know, a couple of years down the road before they can master that. Yeah. That sort of thing is just silly. And it's, it's, you know, you, you watch the news, I'm sure same as I do. You, I want the cannabis industry is struggling in a lot of ways these days. And it's because of, in, in, for a number of reasons, but it's be partially because of the high taxes and regulations and the fact that they're not treated like other businesses. And that we've, we kind of accept that it has to have a sin tax that goes along with it, or it has to have like the, when it's legalized, there's a role that needs to be played to, to, to like keep people from hurting themselves with it in some way. And, you and know, for, but I'm on board, but for adults, I, it doesn't make sense. But for me, I, I would tell you that I think that's the part of the reason why this even happens is because of the problems with our industry itself. It has less to do with the way the governing bodies are passing legislation of our industry. Look, this is an industry that that brought in $25 billion worth of revenue last year in the legal market alone. It probably brought in another $60 billion of, of revenue in the black and gray market. If they would just stop for one minute and recognize that 10 years from now, everybody's going to be a billionaire, take your time, put the money together, do what you should be doing as far as advocacy and lobbying these assholes down in Washington, D.C., who have a drink in their hand when they're saying, no, 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 you shouldn't do cannabis. If we did more, spent more time acting like the pharmaceutical industry, we would probably be more like the pharmaceutical industry and less taxes. But got everybody out here trying to get rich quick right. rather than understand that there's enough. We're, we're no further down the path than the Wright brothers pushing a wooden plane down a hill. Yeah, there ain't no, no on this thing yet. So we got to slow down come together, figure out how to do this in a way that mimics other, you know, verticals that have done it before us. I mean, you know, the reason why the pharmaceutical industry, pharmaceutical industry owns Congress is because they spend a lot of time lobbying. They spend a lot of money lobbying. They spend a lot of down, down there talking to these buttheads who are the ones making up these silly laws, rec versus medical. Agreed. Yeah. Now, when did when did you decide to get into the business of cannabis professionally, and why? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you want to know how to become a social media influencer? How to grow an online business? How to make money from your laptop and build a profitable online company? Well, I'm going to show you how in my podcast, Living the Red Life. I built a million-dollar company at the age of 25, a $10 million company at the age of 30, and now I'm the A-list celebrity marketer that speaks around the world on how to transform businesses and make them profitable using Facebook ads, marketing, social media. My name is Rudy Moore, and I'm super pumped to bring you my podcast, Living the Red Life. 
Living the Red Life. I know this is going to become your new favorite podcast, and I'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step-by-step every single week. Um, I didn't plan to. I, when, I, when I first started using cannabis, like I said, I started tracking my consumption, and, and, and I, I learned, like, what are all the factors that can that can impact my experience and what are the different, what are the different uses I have for, for, for this plant. And it was about 2018. I have a business partner in Jointly. His name's Eric. We were going for a bicycle ride because I own a bicycle shop. And, uh, and he asked me at the time if I was interested in starting a cannabis business and cause he had been interested in the subject for a long time, long before I started. Um, and, uh, and we started just kind of looking into it, just kind of, you know, exploring a little bit and, 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 uh, and because I was a retailer and had a decade of retail experience, so maybe maybe we open a dispensary. And, and because I've worked in manufacturing in the past, well, maybe we get into some kind of processing type thing. And uh, and as we got into it, uh, long story short, I remembered how I got started with cannabis, um, and remember you know remember what it was like to be a new consumer in a newly legal environment, and realized that that little system that I made for for getting the results I wanted from cannabis could be a business or a service in and of itself. And so that, that's, that's how jointly came to be. Um, wow. And tell me about jointly. Talk about it. Yeah. So jointly is, uh, <laughs> um, it's a technology platform or data platform. We have an iPhone app and an, and an Android app and consumers um, can download the app for free and they use it to, they use the app to find products that will work well for their goals. Um, and we have a list of 12 goals, some of the ones we've mentioned already. Um, they, and, and then they, they reflect on their experiences, they track their experiences. And then through, the, through, through tracking their experiences, we provide them with insights that help them kind of turn the dials on the experience to get the experience they want so that they keep track of dose, they keep track of the product they're using, their ingestion method, those cannabis factors and then a whole host of non-cannabis factors that also impact the experience. Things like how hydrated you are, how well you've been eating, how well did you sleep last night? Did you exercise today? Um, and, and then it, using those, the, their inputs, we help them, um, we help them uh, find insights to improve their experience. And, uh, um, and it's, I, I, it's it, when people use the app um, in the way we've designed it, they, on average, improve the, their objective uh, or subjective interpretation of how good their cannabis experience is by about 40 or 50%. Wow. Um, and and uh, this is where you came up with the four laws of purposeful, purposeful consumption? Yeah, that was, uh, we didn't go into it kind of thinking we were doing a study on the American cannabis consumer. But as I got to know the data that we were collecting as people tracked their consumption, um, as I got to know the data we're collecting, I, I kind of realized, well, it, it, we kind of have, in a way, the proof that the stigma is false in our data. Um, and, and, and where that came from is, the, is, and I'm a math guy, so if the stigma is you plus cannabis is less than you, and that, that's what we've all been taught for so long, that's the, been the conversation for so long that a cannabis consumer can't be a good parent, a good teacher, a good doctor, a good anything because they're they're lazy and they're a stoner and you know they're unproductive. It was all the all the things that went along with the stigma. So I stated that as you plus cannabis is less than you. And then I realized that in our data we have the evidence that that's not true. 
Um, and this isn't news to you. You've been advocating for legalization and normalization since long before it was cool to do so, really, and, uh, and which is great. Um, but in our data, we, we, we have evidence that um, the four laws, as we call them, the first one is that it's not just a uniform plant. It's a complex plant that can produce a variety of, effect, of effects. And you know that, obviously, and anybody, most people in the cannabis industry know that. A lot of people outside the cannabis world don't understand that. Again, um, going back to the fact that this industry does a piss poor job of educating the consumer, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so so it's a it's a complex plant with a variety that produces a variety of effects, of effects. That's the first law. And we have the data that proves that because pr different products work better or worse at different things. And it's just, it's in the data. There's no arguing with it. And, and uh, the, the second part is that people use cannabis for, for a variety of productive purposes. I, I don't like the word productive that much, but we use it to contrast with unproductive really. So those are the, those are those goals that we've been, we've mentioned a couple of times now. And uh, when we, when we've pulled consumers and we list the 12 goals that we have for consumption, and then we list an other or like a fill in the blank kind of thing, only two or 3% choose other. So there's like, there's a, and, and, and they're all, they're all the kind of things um, that make your life better. So like people meditate so that they can relax so that they can sleep better so that they can relieve stress. Um, people exercise so that they can live better. It's like, I, I think cannabis belongs in a set with things like exercise, meditation, um, stretching, yoga, those kind of things, things, something you can do that you can add to yourself that makes your life better. So that's the second one is that people use it for productive purposes. And then the third one is that third law is that it, uh, cannabis affects everyone differently. So the right, the right product for me and my goals could be a disaster for you and vice versa. Um, and, uh, um, and that's evident in our data as well. And then the fourth one, and this one's the important one that we, we think our app helps a lot with, is that people get better results when they create the conditions for a good experience. That's what we call it. And so, so those are the factors like setting, like where do, where, where do you choose to consume? Who are you with when you consume it? Um, the state of your body and mind, like how, are, have you been exercising? Are you hydrated? Are you eating well? Those kind of things can... Um, take somebody's kind of, if somebody's rating their experience on a scale of one to 10, which is what they do in our app, um, when they don't have the conditions, when they're not creating the conditions for a good experience, they might average about seven out of 10. Um, and then it's by, it's by learning how a healthy lifestyle pairs well with cannabis consumption that they end up getting, uh, learning how to get a 10 out of 10 more often or a nine out of 10 more often. Yeah, being a numbers guy, though, I wonder what you, what your take is on the fact that, I mean, depending on, you know, which number you read and listen to, you know, there are polls out here that say that as much as 91% of the people in America agree that cannabis is a viable medical uh, product. Over 60% of the country, somewhere between 60 and 64%, believe that it should be made legal, but then I've heard numbers as high as 69%. Right. Um now we're getting ready to go into a phase where, you know, we were we were up to 38 states in the District of Columbia. We are probably going to hit mm, somewhere around 72, I mean, sorry, no, 42, 43 states this midterm that are going to have some sort of viable cannabis law. I mean, the numbers don't lie. Right. America is speaking. America has spoken. It says stop the bullshit when it comes to cannabis. Right. It's one of the we only things we all agree on. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, you, you can even look back to January 6th, what everybody disagrees on, 
And notice that those that were trying to destroy this democracy were doing so with joints in their hands. Really? Mm, yeah. Uh, ask any congressman or senator, and they'll tell you about how much cannabis they smelled in the building when those people were trying to, to, to tear America down. It is the, one of the only things that America has in common. I don't care if you go to, to the most red states, to the most blue states. There's cannabis everywhere. Right. When do you think that we're going to live in a, in a country where they accept the numbers? They accept the, the will of the people. Oh, I wish I knew the answer to that question. I mean, it's just another example of, of and I don't want to get too political about it, but it's just another example of how broken things are when even the thing that we all agree on, on we can't move forward with. Because if, if, if the government is just all of us together, which of course it isn't because of a whole host of reasons, but if the government is supposed to just be all of us acting together um, in our collective interests and something has 68, 69% approval, you know, some, when people ask the question, that same question about medical marijuana, it's up in the nineties, like you said, right. um, um, it's uh, just another symptom of a broken system to me. I, I, you, you, I th you're probably closer to it than me to, to be able to speculate on what's taking so long or why, to, you know, it, uh, Again, I'm gonna blame our industry for why, but go right ahead. There, there, there are some complex issues that that I can understand why they would take some time to resolve with interstate commerce and 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 you know, can will California farmers be able to ship their product to the rest of the country, and what will that do to a small craft farmer in Vermont or, or Pennsylvania? Nobody's uh, looking at this as the small craft farmer in Vermont and the, and the consumer in Vermont hasn't been really trying that hard to get that product from California. So right. California, I mean, why do they think that all of a sudden, you know, this Cali weed is going to be the best weed in America? Not <laughs> necessary. We always, we all know that the best weed grown in America before Cali put this little stamp on it was in Kentucky. You know, the cornbread mafia was one of the biggest marijuana busts in America back in the, was it early, late sixties. So, I mean, it's really kind of bizarre that we think that, one state's going to outperform another state when mm -hmm. you take a look at local farming right now. And the fact that like people like to have, you know, farm to table foods that aren't coming from across the country, they're coming from their backyards. Right. So I, I just, I think that's just a, just a weird assessment by again, our industry. They believe that they're going to be able to just go out to Humboldt County and just, just ramp it up. We're going to sell the whole nation. But look, people in Florida don't like people from California anyway, and they ain't going to buy anything from California. Wow. <laughs> that way so stupid. Um, Very good point. <laughs> sorry, I'm just telling you the truth. But you know, I, I but but what what blows my mind is that even though on polls the numbers are as high as you say, and I have read there still seems to be this ridiculous stigma and that stigma is there because this industry hasn't done enough to educate people the right way. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's, that, that's why that's, you know, I'm, I'm also the CEO of a business, but in terms of our mission, that's one of the things that personally for me, I, I'm hoping to do something to contribute to, which is what, why, why we've been advocating and, 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 and pushing to make our, our data more and more available and more public because if we you know, if we have the data to prove that the stigma is false, that cannabis makes you more and not less, then maybe we can win over a segment of the population that that uh, that the type A's that needed the proof 
<laughs> well, yeah. maybe we can start right here. Try where, where would people go if they want to get more information about what it is you are working on with jointly? Tell them, give them the, all access to every platform you have. Sure. Um, uh, our website is uh, jointlybetter.com. Um, and, uh, and you can find uh, just about everything about us there. Uh, and the, the app's called Jointly as well. Uh, and it's available on, uh, from the Apple App Store and Android. And um, anybody that wants to know more, I, I published a six-part series on the theory of purposeful cannabis consumption. That's what we called it. Um, and so there's 26 pages that people can read that if anybody, I know in America's modern attention span, nobody's reading 26 pages. But, uh, but if you can get through to the end, um, and, uh, you'll see that if, if you can share that data, that information with a skeptic, somebody who thinks still believes in the stigma, somebody who's, who, who still misunderstands cannabis, that, uh, that it might move the needle a little bit for that one person. Um, well, it's, it's also important, one of the things, you, as you said this earlier also, it's important that consumers understand the complexities of the plant itself and that the effects of the plant which vary greatly depending on the human individual, depending on formulation, strain, strength, delivery system, not to mention, of course, the consumer's condition at the time of consumption, like whether or not they've been eating the right diet, what they've had to eat during that day. How does jointly help people get that kind of information? Um, well, part, part of it, we, we've got... Uh... We've got a publication where we publish our results called Jointly Magazine. That's on our website. Um, and then for the individual consumer, can you, can as, you get, get, get that online, or they can get that's that that's that's free on our website, jointlybetter.com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then for any for any consumer who's 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 using cannabis um, that uses our app, it reinforces those those ideas from purposeful consumption that product choice matters that having a meaningful goal matters that that uh that that combining your your consumption with a healthy lifestyle matters um and 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 people by by using the app can can learn that that uh that purposeful consumption you know enables better well-being um and so um, and then you know we're all over. We, we're on all the major social media platforms too, so people can find us there. And um, and and we try. And most most of the content you see, you see us sharing is educational content around this idea of purposeful consumption and 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 how it and what it enables. Gotcha. Tell me a little bit about your employee cannabis benefit program. Uh, yeah. So we, as part of our company wellness benefit, um, we. Uh, employees may, at their own cho cho choosing, uh, apply for reimbursement of up to $150 a month for the purchases of, of legal cannabis products. Um, and we decided to do that because of, uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier, like a typical wellness benefit might include your gym membership. It might include a, uh, a, uh, a subscription to a, uh, a meditation app. It might include yoga. It might include uh, a massage. And I see, we view cannabis as, as kind of belonging in that set of, of tools that you can use to manage or improve your wellness. And so when we, uh, when we uh, first started hiring employees and we're working on uh, what benefits we would offer, it, it seemed wrong not to include cannabis in our wellness benefit because it would, it would be antithetical to who we are and what we stand for. So, um, and employees are, are free to choose to use it or not use it. Obviously they don't have to. Um, 
but uh, but if they want to use cannabis as a as a tool in their uh, in their wellness routine, um, we want to support that. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, like seems like that's something you could suggest to corporations all over America. I've been I've been hoping it would pick up. I've been hoping other people would follow suit and and uh, and 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 offer the same to their employees. So if there's any employers out there listening. And along, how is jointly getting this information out there to the broader audience so that they can, this may help for legalization and acceptance. I mean, I think, you know, some of the data that you're collecting could be data that needs to be put in the hands of all of the naysayers. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, me here talking to you is part of that, uh, I suppose. Uh, we're trying to find every way we can. We're a small company. We've, we've, uh, um, uh, we have limited resources to get the word out, um, but uh, we're looking for every creative way we can to uh, to help uh, get the word out about what what, what we what our data shows and 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 so on. The the wellness benefit is, is also an attempt at doing that because we try we tried to make some news with that because we we're like this is this goes against the grain enough that maybe we can get some press pickup and then by getting the press pickup we can start that conversation about how cannabis is wellness and 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 so on so that okay. anything, oh, anything, snowball. sure anything from the data that you've collected so far surprise you um yeah one thing we just discovered we just did a report with a company called new frontier data on on the cannabis consumer and one of the things we we found in our data is that let's see if i can phrase this right uh Goal attainment, meaning like if your goal is to relax or relieve stress or sleep better, or whatever, and your rating is your success on a scale of one to ten, uh, female consumers report less success at achieving their goals with cannabis than male consumers do. Um, and there's been a recent article that's come out that, that discusses the fact that cannabis does affect women differently than men because there is a difference in our endocannabinoid system. Right. Females don't seem to have the same number of CB1 connectors um, that um, uh, males have, but they seem to actually absorb more THC, which is really very interesting um, That from the article that I read about a week ago. Yeah, so, um, go to me, there's just so much more that we have to learn about cannabis and science is so far behind on, 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 on revealing the reasons for some of those truths. And so it could mean there should be women specific products. It could just mean that they need to consume slightly differently to get the results they want. Um, but, uh, but to me, it was su surprising. And yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and the fact that we are just now starting to understand that, you know, the, the entire idea, I think of, of what we've assumed in the last, especially the last five, six years. I mean, you know, this industry just, just is an industry that can't get out of its own way. I mean, we jumped the board, you know, THC, CBD, oh, I said CBD, and forgot the fact that, you know, Dr. Mishulam said day one that this was an entourage effect. All the cannabinoids play a part. All of them play a part synergistically in every aspect of what you feel. You know, those who claim that there is no euphoria in CBD, well, Mm, the jury's still out on that. Is there euphoria in pain cessation that you automatically get through endorphins in your brain? Ah, so how about CBC, which we now know has a greater impact on the brain when it comes to depression than THC, CBD, and CBG, 
Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. So a lot of the stuff that you just said, the research hasn't been done, but the research has been done. You know, again, cannabis is probably one of the most researched plants on the planet. There's been over 35,000 peer-reviewed published documents on cannabis in the last 10 years, 3,500 in the last year alone, making cannabis more research than aspirin, alcohol, <laughs> chemotherapy. Um, yet people don't want to seem to, to understand that. And that's, that's the excuse that a lot of politicians use. Well, when they finally do enough research to that, shit, I feel like reaching them to tell them smacking somebody upside the head. <laughs> I'd say, why don't you just start reading some of the research pool and you might understand that the answer that you're looking for is there. Um, you know, you guys look at the patient experience based on what they consume. But are you tracking all the different products that are available in now, you know, all 38 states? Um, yeah, we've got uh, behind jointly is a database of um, it's always growing and always changing, obviously, given the nature of the market. But we have a database of all legal and licensed uh, cannabis products and their characteristics. And so we're, we're hoping to be able to contribute some to that conversation and 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 say more about what what the minor, what might, you know, what, what performance differences the minor cannabinoids are causing and, and what, what combinations of cannabinoids produce the effects that people are after and, and, and how well, that works. That's, that's, that's great to hear. Cause you know, I have a product that I had out in Massachusetts now it's doing very, very well. That is a combination THC, CBD and specific terpenes that I'm using. And we're during launch even number four here in another week or so. Uh, which is a combination of it's a one to one to one to one in a way um, by volume of uh, THC, CBD, CBG, no, THC, CBD, CBG, and CBC all together okay. along with particular terpenes to elicit a response. This is our sleep product. It's nice. been doing very, very well. Um, but I wonder what, what you guys say about my products. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go up on the app and find out, huh? Yeah, I'd have to, I have to look up, look them up and check. I, I'm also, I think CBG has a lot of potential as well. I, I see, we see a lot of products performing better than average that for, for, for sleep and for, for across a range of goals that contain CBG. So I think that, I think that that's a underappreciated cannabinoid right now. So Absolutely. I don't, People don't understand that that's, if you will, the stem cell cannabinoid, because that's where THC, CBD come from and all the variants, A, C, B, D, A, T, A, V. So, a lot of people need, again, it's, it's this whole thing about educating the masses. And the more we can educate them, the better consumer will be able to understand what they're even trying, what their goals are through cannabis. Right. Yeah. Do you cover cannabis in other legal countries? No, for, for now, we're U.S. only. Um, sure. And uh, that could change over time, but we, we figured we'd start here since that's where we are. And, you know, I mean, in some of the other countries, we are seeing, you know, uh, phenotypes that we've not seen here, even though we think we've got everyone in, um, covered. We don't um, because some of the stuff is coming out of Africa right now. Some of the stuff is coming out of Isle of Man right now. Um, you know, there are just different configurations of a lot of those minor cannabinoids. You know, the four that I just talked about are are the big four, you know, CBG, CBD, CBC um, and THC. But, you know, depending on what country or that, depending on who you read, there's anywhere from 200 to 250 different cannabinoids and variants of every single one of them that elicit different responses. Right. 
Um, so yeah, it's going to take you a while to get busy with a lot of that, right? <laughs> well, I'd love to see the, I mean, that's part of the future of the industry that I'd love to see is, 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 is a wide variety of various combinations of cannabinoids so that consumers can, can experiment. And, and we say experimentation is the key to purposeful consumption because you can, you, you can think you found the product that's best for you. Um, but you might, you might be at like a local maximum. You might, you might think you're at the, at, at the, the one that will do the best for you. But if you try this other combination, you can get better results. And, and so the, 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 um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more and more of those co- different combinations like that the 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 one that you're talking about with the four different uh, cannabinoids because so many of the so many you go to the dispensary so many of the products are just a 10 milligram THC um, yeah, that's right. yeah you know America has been in this 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 game for years I mean back in the 60s we tried to grow all the other minor cannabinoids out of the plant until we realized that you know what we were doing was such a disservice to those who were looking for it from a medical standpoint. And now we started to try to grow it back in. And then we were trying to isolate things that we shouldn't even be isolating, I don't think, because, you know, your own endocannabinoid system doesn't isolate those things. They do look at other receptors. There are other receptors in our body that actually people don't know. They think that, you know, the endocannabinoid system is the only thing that actually responds or is antagonized by plant-based cannabis, but it's not. We have receptors in our bodies that, will pick up specifically CBC that won't pick up CBD. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, and that's interesting. That's information that needs to really get out there. Anything else you want to add? Mm. I think we covered it all. I think we covered it all. Cool. Cool. Well, right, one more time. Give everybody the website and where they can go to get more information. Uh, sure. You can you can find us at jointlybetter.com uh, or on the Apple's app store uh, by searching for jointly or on uh, Google play also by searching for jointly. Um, and they don't give you any hard time for the fact that you're cannabis information. Um, so far, so good. No, we're not, we, we haven't, uh, we haven't had any difficulty with the app stores. And then if anybody wants to reach me, my, my last name is unique K O O I David Cooey. So you can find me on LinkedIn or if you, if you email for me through our website, I'll, I'll get that as well. We're small enough that I, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, David, for being a part of the show today, man. Really interesting. Uh, I know if people out there are going to be reaching out to you to see if they can get some information about their specific states and where they live and what's available to them. So, um, and so I, I would suggest that they do that because I think you've really nailed it. I think purposeful consumption is the key and slow as you go is the key. Thank so like you, you tell yourself, you know, you took that one gummy and said, hmm, one's good. Let me try two. Whoa. <laughs> you know? So, I always suggest to people, especially if they're trying my products, to make sure that it's slow as you go. It'll right. take you where you want to be. All right, sir. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today, and I'd love to have you back sometime. So keep in touch, and let's uh, let's keep chopping it up. Thank you. Appreciate it. And for those of you out there, you know, hit that little subscribe button down there on the bottom of your page, or you can always leave us a comment if you want. We'd love to hear from you. But make sure you tune into the next edition of Let's Be Bluff with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.